Hello, hello, and welcome to the Love Lindsay podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Wheeler. A military wife and mom who's built two successful businesses and launched a charity to give back to military families. We are grateful for where we are today, but the road to get here has not always been easy. My hope is that this show will be a chance to pay forward some of the lessons that I've learned to help others and also to learn right along with you by creating conversations with people who inspire me so that we can all show up a little bit better tomorrow than we did today. Thanks for being here. Enjoy the show. This next guest is such a doll. I know that you are going to love her. We connected through social media because I fell in love with her story and I connected to it on so many levels. And I cannot wait to, uh, for you to hear from her, her story as well, because I know you will, will relate as well. She is a wife, a mom, a, a business owner, entrepreneur, many different avenues. And I am over the moon excited to have her on the show today to tell her story and to share her tips of how she got where she is today. Melanie Mitro is a top beach body coach and we can learn so much from her. Melanie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, it's such an honor. You guys, when I first started and I wish I could, I wish I could go back and find, mm-hmm. how did I stumble across Melanie? Did somebody tell me to follow her. I can't even remember. Maybe it was kismet. I don't know, but I started following her. And when she shares her story so authentically and so consistently, I just really related to how she got started in network marketing, how she navigated those hurdles and the challenges that came her way to stick it out and build this incredible business today that is branched into other amazing avenues, uh, playing into her strengths as a leader and a coach. And so Melanie, will you kind of take us back of kind of where were you nine, almost 10 years ago when you started Beachbody and how that process started or what that journey looked like to become an entrepreneur? Yeah. You know, I actually don't remember who found who. I don't know if it was you found me or I found you, but I did I message you? I was like, hi. And I, I think so. So I was honored enough to be on Melanie's podcast. And we talked a lot about live selling and showing up live for your business and yeah. using live as a tool. Yes. And that's something that I do. My TV reporter yeah. background, that was when that feature came out. I was so excited about it. But I know for a lot of ladies, that's terrifying to hit yeah. that go live button. So Melanie reached out and asked me to be on her podcast. And I was so honored. And we chatted early in the morning. Yeah. I was the West Coast time and she's East Coast time. And it was such a fun conversation and such an honor to be on. So I feel like we're coming a little full circle here, friends. We are. And we I'm so are. grateful that you were so kind enough to, uh, to uh, be, on the, be on the show and be one of my yeah. first guests because yeah, this is kind of how it all started. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So let me give you my story and my backstory, because if you were to go and and look at my social or see my accolades, you know, you might be like, wow, she's really done it all. Cause I actually have legitimately done it all. I can say that wholeheartedly. I pretty much have a, I've cleaned house with every award or every recognition, every title that you can get in my direct sales business with Beachbody. I've, I've done it. Right. But it wasn't, I didn't start that way. Um, I started, so if we want rewind time all the way back to 2011 was when I first started and I did not come into Beachbody as a, as a coach. So we call the distributors coaches in Beachbody. And so I didn't come in as a coach. I came in as a customer and really how I even got introduced to the, even the company as a whole was 
I was, I, I had this whole grand vision for my life. Like I thought I had it all figured out. I wanted, I went to college. I have an undergrad in psychology. I have a master's in special education. I got a full-time job. I started working up, you know, the, the ladder to be the director of an early intervention program. But I had this sort of game plan and my husband and I, Matt, had this entire game plan that everything we were doing was preparing us for when we started our family and we were saving because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Like that was hands down. The job was just there as a backup plan if I needed to work. But so we had, I had this vision and I even like went so far as to like pin like what I was, what kind of mom I was going to be once I had kids, like the designer strollers and lunch dates and the beautifully dressed kids, right? Like I really had this vision of what stay-at-home mom life was going to be. And so we had our first little boy, Landon, and I still worked part-time. But when Bryce was born 22 months later, you know, we really had gotten to a point where we like, okay, we can, we can pull the trigger. You can leave your job, but it's going to be tight. There's, there's not going to be a lot of give in the budget. We're going to have to stay in our, our three bedroom townhouse, which we were already sort of busting at the seams at that point. And so, but I really wanted to stay home. So we, we made the call. And so I, in January of 2011, uh, quit, put, gave my resignation turned in that resignation for my full-time job and became a stay-at-home mom. And it was not designer clothes. It was not lunch dates. There was definitely puke on my shoulder. My hair was in a messy bun. I was wearing the same exact yoga pants, like five days straight, you know, still wearing maternity clothes, like five, six months into my postpartum journey. And I was like, what? happened, right? Like, have you ever reached a goal in your, even in your business or your life? And you're like, I just want this goal. Everything's going to change when I get there. And then it doesn't feel like that at all. So true. Yeah. So here I was, you know, feeling guilty for not really liking this whole stay at home mom life. I was not comfortable in my skin. And and now looking back, I very much like my self-confidence comes from when I get dressed in the morning and I put on a pair of jeans and it feels good. You know, when I do my hair and put my makeup on, like, that's just me. I, I, that's my confidence. And so nothing I put on felt good. You know, I couldn't lose the weight. I felt blah. So it was affecting everything else in my life. So that kind of brings me to where Beachbody came into the picture because I was sitting at my computer and I made a Facebook post that said, um, I'm eating celery and trying to lose weight. Like, and I, it probably said something like, this is awful. And which is weird. It's really uncharacteristic for me to make a post like that because I'm pretty introverted person. So I didn't really post anything other than family photos or vacation or when the boys were born or anniversaries. But that really was sort of the handshake that set up the set the stage for my mentor to reach out to me and say, hey, I think I can help you with that weight. And so I went over to her Facebook and kind of stalked her from afar without responding to her messages. And I could see, okay, she's had a physical transformation and she has two kids and okay, she's talking about healthy eating and this looks fun. There's this community that's showing up on her page. And so I signed up. I just, I signed up as a customer. I started using the products and I, you know, when you find like a pair of jeans that you love and you are anybody that says, I can't find a pair of jeans that fit. You're like, I know here's the one these, you know, I was, so I was like naturally advocating for Beachbody because it was working for me. I didn't like to go to the gym. My kids didn't like the childcare. It was stressful for me. So kind of putting them down for a nap and working out, it fit. 
And then I really learned a lot about nutrition along the way. So that I just found myself saying to anybody that said, how did you lose the weight? I was like, word vomit, all of the things that really helped. And so, um, let's see, three months later after about seven invites. So my, I don't know how many of you listening right now are also in network marketing, right? But you know, like how many of you stop after the first time you get ghosted, right? The first time somebody tells, you know, the first time somebody doesn't respond, you take it personal. Well, she was persistent. She kept sending me videos. Watch this video. Tell me what you think. Hey, have you ever thought about doing what I do? You'd be awesome at it. And I just kept saying no or avoiding her or ignoring the conversation. And it was just one evening she sent me a different video and it was like all the stars aligned, the dots kind of connected for me. And I was like, I can do this. I mean, I could really help people. I feel great. I'm naturally sharing it. I could earn some money. We're really strapped right now for cash. Like it's just not going well. And so I, I did, I signed up and, and my husband was not supportive uh, about the venture at all, but I really like set out to prove him wrong. And, um, and through that process, just to kind of walk you through, like I was a slow builder. I wasn't a fast grower. It took me nine months to really reach our leadership rank in the company. Um, but I was very, very, like I had this vision for what I wanted my life to look like. And it didn't look like struggle. It didn't look like just barely getting by, not being able to take a family vacation, not being able to have a, you know, swing set and a yard for the kids to play in. And so that was really the driving force for me to say, okay, you know, step out of your shell and share on social. So I went from, you know, less than a hundred followers on Facebook to over 50,000 and no Instagram account to over 90,000 followers on Instagram and a successful blog. And, and I have built my team to the top team in the company four years in a row. So mind blowing to like, look at how saying yes to a product could create the freedom for Matt and I to raise our kids at home together and be able to provide so much for our future. But like, it just uncovered this like leadership and this business mindset that I didn't know was in there. So I guess that's in a nutshell. There's so much more that goes into it, but that's who I am. Yeah. When you look back on that, I, you and I have talked about this a bit, but I feel like so many women, especially in this network marketing space, which we know and love, and we know that it can be this amazing tool. It has done so much for both of our families, but it takes a lot of work. And I think that there are so many women that I have seen, and I want your take on this, who get into this business or see an opportunity, they love something, and then either due to lack of confidence or consistency, they give up before they ever really see that momentum yeah. to get them to the next level, to keep them going, right? Mm -hmm. When you look back on your journey, what do you feel like kept you going, even yeah. with all those no's, even when it felt like it wasn't working, when your husband was doubting, what are you doing with your birthday money? Or why are you spending all this time doing this? What yeah. do you think it was that kept you going looking back now? Okay. So a couple of things. And I, and I think it's important to say it was hard. It wasn't easy. And I would be lying to you if I said, Oh, it like it wasn't that bad. It was bad. I definitely questioned whether or not this was the right decision for me uh, multiple times. Right. 
But I will say that once I made the commitment and I said that I was going to be successful, then I went immediately into, I've got to treat my business like a business. And so that was kind of the first thing that I really did was I set myself up, you know, I got a binder where I kept all the important information. I said, I'm a stay at home mom, but I also have a job. So let me go get a planner and I'm going to actually set aside some business time. So I just immediately went into this isn't something that I'm kind of sort of doing. This is something I am doing. And these are, these are the goals. Like I'm going to achieve the benchmarks that the company set out for me in the order that they, that they tell me to, but also immediately personal development was, that was the first thing I did. And so I find that we all come to, you know, our businesses with baggage we all come to our businesses with people that don't support us, but you surround yourself with people that believe in your vision. And that's really what I found within my, my team. So my upline would host a weekly call and I never missed that weekly call. I was on there live every single week. So I was hearing success stories. I was hearing financial success. I was, so that was in my head and then they would teach so I was every week learning, okay, this is possible. I relate to that part of their story. And then I would implement. So it was like Monday, I was getting my fuel. And then every single day, whether I was cleaning, cooking, driving in the car, it was, and I don't even know if podcasts were a thing. I actually think it was like CDs in the CD player, but I was like listening to Shalene Johnson's Car Smart or, you know, I can't remember. It was like Eric Worre. And there was all these people that I was listening to. So I was always either YouTube videos or audio. Now it's podcast. And it was stories of people that had overcome like their challenges to be successful that inspired me. It was that, you know, consistency over time brings about results. And so I took that internally and I was like, well, why not me? So I was listening to I have no more radio, no more TV. I just was immersing myself in that. And that gave me, that gave me confidence, right? So even though I was nervous or scared about kind of this new venture, that gave me confidence knowing that if they could do it, so could I. Um, surrounding myself with my team. So I had my upline and then her upline and the three of us worked closely together. So if anybody was having a rough day, I had a pod, I had a message pod, a Facebook message pod that we would just chat in. And so they would always pick me up if I was having a bad day. Likewise, if they were getting a lot of objections, we would throw some suggestions in there. And so I had, I had community, I had people to talk to. I wasn't doing network marketing alone. I think it can be a lonely business. You know, if you, if you aren't doing it alongside of people. And then I got to live events. Um, and I know that that's such like a challenge right now is being able to go to live events. But if, if I wasn't at our summit, our annual conference, if I didn't go to our quarterly networking events, I know I wouldn't be where I am because that painted even more possibility of if I stay disciplined, if I stay committed, if I'm doing these activities that I'm going to have success. And so I feel like all of those things and then just personal commitment. I was really committed to, I mean, here's the thing. Network marketing is not hard. 
it's not hard at all. Inviting isn't hard. Sending follow-ups isn't hard. Posting on social media isn't hard. It's just, we have to be disciplined to do these small tasks repeated over time. So I disciplined myself. I created the habit and I tracked it in my binder. I would track the activities again, really simple stuff, but I just, I was my own only competition. I just challenged myself every week. And so I feel like that, those were the things that helped me at the beginning really get my get the like the the engine going in the business. I love that you talked about the the in-person events because I I agree there's something electric that you can't I'm sure people watching on social media like it can't be that great. It's not that inspiring but there is something magical about being at those events. You see what's possible. The first one that I went to I remember seeing these amazing women walking up on stage and I was brand new and nobody knew who I was and I was like I might have to work harder, but why not me? If they can do it, then it's, it has created a path. I can do it too. I might have to work harder. They Mm -hmm. might be better at this than me, but I will work harder. And I love that because it did, it it did the same thing for me. It painted a path that was possible. Uh, But I also love that you talk about personal responsibility, because I think we run into a lot of people in, in this space that, well, I don't have a relationship with my upline or my upline quit. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of that. And while I love those amazing people, I, there is so much personal responsibility. And if you're willing to listen to the CDs or the podcasts and the personal development, if you're willing to seek out those mentors and send the message like, Hey, I'd love to pick your brain. If you're willing to do those things, anyone can be successful in this space. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you know, that I, my upline and I were close at the beginning and then we did kind of go our own separate ways. And so I could, I was like, well, yeah, I totally understand that. We, we, but you build the team, you, you actually grow where you're, you're planted. And if you say to yourself, I don't have a great experience with my upline or my team, well then, okay, that's grounds for you to create the experience you want for your downline. Like you don't need somebody else to create it for you. This is your business. You own this space. You get to really define what it looks like and create that for your organization too. Right. Be the leader that you didn't have. And that's not a knock on somebody else. But if there are if there are skills and uh, strengths that maybe somebody didn't have when you were introduced to it, I think that's such a great mindset to have that. Well, then this is your opportunity to be that for somebody else. What what did you feel like you wish you had more of? Can you be that for somebody else? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about when, I know when I started, you said a little bit about, you know, like you just, you weren't going to give up, right? You weren't going to quit. For me, I gave myself a little bit of a timeline and and maybe that doesn't work for some people. And I didn't use it as an excuse, but I basically, and and I think you did something similar. You took quitting off the table. It wasn't an option. And for me, that's what it was. My husband was Mm -hmm. deployed for six months and I felt like I had this amazing opportunity to be home and sad, or Mm -hmm. I could work my business and work my tail off every day for six months. And I could never quit in that six months and I could only quit at the end of it when he got home. If I could honestly look myself in the mirror and no BS say you gave this every single thing you had and you worked it every day and it didn't work. Right. And so that for me was this kind of internal deal that I made with myself. And I truly believe that if you make that deal with yourself, that you can do anything. If that's Mm -hmm. run a marathon, if that's start a business, if that, whatever it is, 
Mm-hmm. You can do it if you're willing to commit that kind of discipline. And I know right. that discipline and really staying consistent in watching you, I know you show up every day. I know there are days you don't want to show up. I know mm-hmm. there aren't. I know there yeah. are days that, that your kids have a million things going on, that you yeah. feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you just don't want to show up, but you right. still do. Right. Right. So here's kind of an interesting, I actually talked about this on my podcast this week and it came from Craig Groeschel. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he is an author, but he's also a pastor of a church of life church, but he wrote this book called winning the war in your mind. And so if anybody listening is faith-based, I actually encourage you to go get that book. It's so good. But in his sermon, he was talking about the difference between people who try and people who train. And I have always looked at anything that I've been serious about from this perspective of, I am a pro athlete. Like I am actually training to be an Olympic athlete or a pro athlete or the best of the best. And so, you know, everything that I do, I don't look at in terms of like, when somebody says to you, I'm trying, I'm trying to build a successful business. Like I'm trying to hit my goals. I'm trying to, you know, advance in rank. I love how he said in, in the you know podcast I was listening to, he's like, basically you're saying like, I'm trying, I- I'm trying, but you're not really serious, you know? And so I find that with people, you know, there has to be that switch, right? You have to say to yourself, I'm training. And when I'm training, I show up like it is my job. And so looking at my, my beach body business, that's the way that I approached it. I'm training. I am training to be successful. I'm training to be a six figure earner. I'm training to walk across that stage and be elite or be in the top 10. And so I would ask myself, like, what does that look like? What does training? Well, training to be top in industry means that you are, you're training every day by showing up and doing the business activities. It means that when that alarm goes off, even if you don't feel like doing it, you have your mantras, right? Like I am willing to delay instant gratification for long-term success, right? Like I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake. I would walk out of the kitchen every single morning and pour my like coffee and say like, I'm awake, you got this. Like, you know, spend a few years of your life like other people are not willing to so you can spend the rest of your life any way that you want, you know? And so it was like this constant reminder of I'm in training and training means that it's business, it's I'm training my mindset every day, even when I don't feel like it, you know, obviously to be a good business owner and a, and a, you know, creative business owner, we have to take care of our bodies. We have to move, we have to get exercise, we have to fuel ourselves. So even an athlete, every, it's not just when they show up to play the game, it is all of the training they put in. And there's a Tiger Woods quote about that too. Like you are the sum of all of your trainings. And so for me, that was just it. I just, and no matter what, was it hard? Sure. There were days the kids had me up four or five times a night and that alarm would go off. And I would very simply say to myself, like, I'm going to make this sacrifice because I know that the short term sacrifice is going to be worth the long term. You can wake up whenever you want, or you've created enough income that you can't, or your kids are in school and Hey, you know, you don't have to work these crazy hours anymore. Cause they're gone for eight hours a day. And so it is almost, it is conditioning your mindset. It's changing that narrative. It is be it's commitment. And that is probably the hardest thing for people to do because we're just conditioned as a society that quits. Like, Hey, if this doesn't work, let's just go over here and we'll try this company. And if that pill doesn't work, then we'll try that fitness program. And listen, everything works, 
but we are the ones that have to be willing to make the change and stick with it long enough to see the bottom line and see the results of it. Right. So it's really thinking about it in terms of training. I love that. I love that mindset shift because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, if it was only like you said, it's not, I have told my team many times, it's not the product, it's the process, right? Mm -hmm. It is, you could go sell ice tomorrow, right? You could sell, you could sell vitamins, you could sell clothing, you could do whatever, but if you're not willing to commit to that process, Mm -hmm. then nothing is going to see the success that you want it to, right? You're not going to reach that level if you're not going to commit to that process to build something from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a process. Yes. I, I love, I've heard you say this before and I actually wrote it on a post-it note and I've shared this with my team, but I've heard you say this. You say you produce what you prioritize and you said mm-hmm. it in a post and dang it, that resonated with me. Right. Because we can all yeah. make excuses. We are all guilty of it, right? You, mm-hmm. me included, we've reached big ranks within our companies, uh, seen success and big goals for our families, but we're humans. We're guilty mm-hmm. of that too. I can make excuses all day long of why I can't do A, B, and C or try something new. Um, but I love that you say you produce what you prioritize. And I stuck that on that post-it note. And it, it's a really good reminder. Where did that come from? And how do you implement that on mm-hmm. a daily basis in your life, in your business? Yeah. Okay. So that came out of you produce what you prioritize came out of this moment where I, on my bathroom mirror, and you probably have heard me tell this story before too. I wrote on the bathroom mirror in lipstick, I believe is what it was. I, and it was like, I was starting to have some success, right? So I was elite, which elite is kind of our rewards program. So top 0.01% in the company. And so I was like, trucking along and I got out of the shower one day and I wrote like, I am the top coach of team Beachbody. And then I think we all panic when we write a really big goal like that. And I was like, I don't want anybody to see this, even though nobody's coming into my bathroom except for my husband and I, and so I erased it. But every time I stepped out of the shower, when the mirror would fog up, it was actually still there. And so it would like panic. I would like, I'm like, Oh my God, it's still there. Like I can't get rid of it. And so what I started to do after a couple of days of stepping out of the shower and seeing that I started to say to myself, well, okay, how does a top coach act? Right. So like, who, who, what do I need to do? And so I started to prioritize the tasks that were going to help me get to that top spot. And so I knew that that was, I need to be an amazing recruiter and an amazing recruiter doesn't um, avoid you know, inviting people to join the business. They don't avoid doing the sneak peek or the opportunity call because they're nervous. Like a top recruiter shows up and does it before they ever feel qualified and ready. Goes on my calendar. I'm going to execute that, right? You know, a top coach in the company, they are producing leaders. Okay, well, I don't have a way to mentor leaders. So let's create this group and let's start mentoring my leaders. Again, not qualified. Don't feel like I have any, but I researched, I put it together and I just went with it. And so what I did was I started to prioritize the things that were going to get me to the business, not always the things that I wanted to do that were easy and fun, but the things that were the needle movers, the things that were really going to move that forward. And very often I will find working with my, my organization is they're prioritizing making pretty Canva graphics and they're prioritizing, you know, um, socializing on social media or watching every single company call and everybody else's live videos. And I'm like, listen, you are getting results because of what you're prioritizing. If you're prioritizing all of these things that are not income producing, then your results are going to reflect that. 
So it's very much saying the goal that I want to achieve next, what are the activities that I need to prioritize? Because when I do that, when I make that switch, I will see that I will end up producing those results. So sometimes it's just reordering the way you do things, um, choosing to say, this is a great task, but just not right now. Right. Or I'll do these things first and then those things later. And so, you know, prioritize producing what you prioritize really is that gut check question all the time saying is saying yes to this activity, getting me closer to the goal. And a lot of times the answer is no, it's not right. It just sounds fun or everybody else is doing it. And that's the question that you're asking yourself frequently. This isn't just like, oh, I do it one time and I make a list. You're kind Mm -hmm. of always reassessing and adjusting. Is this working? Do I need to pivot? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even now I'll get, can you, let's do this group together. I have this idea for a party or uh, y'all see somebody sending out this really awesome email that in my organization. And I'm like, beautiful, not a priority right now, you know, or I love your group idea that definitely isn't going to resonate with my audience, but you go. And so it's, it's like this, you have to know your target, you have to know your sweet spot, and you can't let like that FOMO of, oh, my friends are implementing this, but it doesn't really align to where you want to go. And so, so often you see people just kind of zigzagging all over the place. They're just doing a lot of nothing that's really connecting. So you've got to be laser focused on that every day. Oh, I, I see that so often in our organization as well is there is, there's a lot of this one. Well, I'm going to try this for a hot second. Well, I'm going to send an email and, but no one responded to it. So I'm not going to do that again. And I'm going to go over here and try something else. And they don't, like you said, laser focus, stick with one thing long enough to yep. see the results, but they're so worried about what other people are doing. Like, oh, I'm supposed to do this now, or she's doing this and that looks really great. Mm-hmm. That confidence of, of being 100% authentically you and knowing like, listen, that is not my strong suit, but this is, yeah. and I'm right. going to stick with this because I have faith that it's going to work. It might not work today, but mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Gosh. It's like that squirrel, right? That squirrel yes. brain. It is. And I see it now, like even today, as I even work with business owners outside of network marketing, it is a thing. Like we are a society that just definitely switches too soon and ev- like it works, but you really have to have patience and perseverance. And I always teach my team, everything you implement, you implement it You usually fail at some part of the implementation process, but you sort of reassess the why, why, what part of this didn't work. And then you tweak it and you refine it and then you just do it again. And so if you want to grow your email list, like that's the same thing. You try a freemium, it kind of sort of works, but you don't get the results. So you tweak it and make it better and you do it again, right? Recruitment, same thing. You implement, you kind of reflect, you tweak it and you try again. And really it's just, wash, rinse, repeat over and over again in your business until you get this well-oiled machine that produces the results that you want it to produce. Network marketing has such a, there's some stereotypes around it, right? And we've Mm -hmm. all faced it, whether that was from family members or friends or, you know, we've heard it all. And if you're in this industry, you have heard the good, the bad, and the ugly about it. Recruiting and sort of, I would say maybe not as effective recruiting Mm -hmm. tactics play into that. I think you do such a great job of sharing authentically. Uh, What would be your advice or your tips for people recruiting? Because I think what we see out there is either this really spammy, pushy recruitment, or people don't say anything at all because they're so afraid that they don't want to be spammy. And so I find a lot of ladies are, are really hesitant to share what they feel so passionately about, 
for yeah. fear of, of looking spammy. What is yeah. your advice for somebody that loves what they're doing so much, feels passionately about it, wants to share it, but wants to do it in an authentic way? Gotcha. Okay. So I think everybody's authentic, authentic way is going to be unique to them. So it's going to be very individual, but what I learned is I was very clear on what I liked and what I didn't like, what made me go, like, I don't like the way. So for me personally, I don't like to throw money at people in terms of like, this is my paycheck. Right. And really the FTC regulations, like everything has gotten way tighter. So we're not doing that like we did maybe, you know, years ago, but still I was never the kind of person that ever came out and said, here's my income progression. But I always like thought to myself, I don't think other women know that there is an opportunity to create a really successful income because I didn't know. I just didn't like the thought never crossed my mind. I could work from home and I could build like a six to seven multi seven figure income at my kitchen table. And so I always thought about it in terms of I actually would be a jerk if I didn't share this with people. And so I didn't want to be selfish. So I thought, okay. How do I put it out there in a way that feels good for me? Well, I can allude to the fact that I've made a lot of money. So things that I would do is I would like, I had the picture of Matt and I hitting the button on the computer and we were paying off my student loans and it started out with, we, um, we would, we would be paying Landon's student, like we would be paying off my student loans until Landon went to college, right? Like that was, so that alluded, and he was like three at the time that alluded that that was a large chunk of money. And I talked about how nervous we were to hit submit on that payment. Cause it was a huge chunk of money that was going out of our account. And like, just like how nervous and excited and crazy that this network marketing business turned into what it turned into. And so I talked about, wow, I just never knew that that was possible. And then in the next paragraph, it was like, and a week later, the money was back in the account. And so again, I didn't have to talk about the dollar amount, but you could figure it out that it was, you know, a large amount of money. And I would do other posts where the boys were kind of sitting on the couch with me and I had my laptop in the middle. And I talked about, you know, the best feeling in the world is knowing that I can work from home while they're watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I can be interacting with clients. I can be giving back. I can be contributing to our family without ever leaving. I can be mom. I can also be business owner too in the cracks of mom life. And I always would do that. If this speaks to you, you know, message me or comment or fill out this application. It may not be. And I would always say like, this may not be your jam. Totally cool. But if it is, I want you to know I can mentor you. Right. So I began to sort of take lifestyle posts. So Christmas, I paid, that was a goal, pay cash for Christmas. I talked about that. Right. So you're, again, these are success stories, just like you would share your favorite pair of pants, your favorite top, you know, you're just sharing your favorite business and what's working for you um, along the way. But the other part is you have to position yourself as a leader. And as I was new baby, just like a tiny amount, two or three people on my team, I was saying, I want to mentor you to do the same thing I'm doing. I want you to join my team and here's what I'm going to provide. I'm going to mentor you one-on-one. We're going to do weekly calls. I'm going to give you a guide. And again, I didn't have it all figured out. I was still very much learning, but I believe that when it comes to recruitment, you have to be willing to say, I'm your girl. I can help you get there. And so the ick 
whatever story that you have created in your mind about why recruitment is icky or why it makes you feel uncomfortable, you got to journal that out. You got to write the lie and you got to say, is there truth to this? Can I prove that it's true? You know, and if people are talking about me, are they my people? No, they're not my people. They're not people I would want to surround myself with. Um, And I'm going to lose followers along the way because they're not my people. And so part of that is, just really putting a stake in the ground um, and stepping into the truth and, and what you believe in, but speaking about it in a way that feels good. So I alluded to it. I showed the small wins. I spotlight my team and I really position myself as like, this is how I'll train you. And that's given me confidence. And it's really just been practice. I love that. And, and like you said, it's social media, right? You're using these tools that are free and accessible to you, just like anybody else. You didn't know when the live feature came out, how to use that. You didn't know how to use reels or IGTV, but you sort of failed forward. You're not yeah. going to be perfect at them. You do an amazing job on social media, but how, I guess, how do you approach all of those new pivots while mm-hmm. using social media? I think a lot of people get afraid to try something new or to yeah. use stories or, oh, you want me to talk into the camera? That's so terrifying. You and yeah. I do it a million times a day and don't even think twice right. about it. Right. It's, it's different for everyone, but there are so many great features. And I love that you take each new one and you figure it out and you kind of take us along on the journey yeah. with you. But that's a huge testament to your success too, of not being afraid to use the tools that are in front of you. Yeah. So the first time I ever did a live training, I took my notes and I covered my screen with my notes. So I couldn't see the comments. I couldn't see what people were saying because it was very distracting to me. And if you'd go back and watch YouTube videos from 2012, you would tell I was uncomfortable, but I never deleted them because I actually want people to see how far I've come in the journey. But I did a read off the piece of paper. Even my first like PowerPoint presentation, I read off of my notes while I was doing it, like word for word. Um, And even with reels, I will tell you if I... At first I sort of was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. Like this takes a lot of time to edit and clip it and then write the caption and then tag it and then interact. And so, but I started to say to myself like, okay, I'm going to block out time because if I give myself 30 minutes and I'm expecting to make a reel and it's something new, I'm just going to be frustrated. So I'm going to give myself like an hour and a half and I'm going to, so I'm going to research what's going to be the topic. I'm going to do it. And then I said, I'm going to do two a week because I know that's the trend. And I know if I don't stay up to date on social media trends, I'm going to be outdated and I don't want to be one of those has been business owners. And so again, it's discipline and it's practice and it's creating space in your calendar to make that happen. You know, and that's really how I learned anything new along the way. You said earlier how it is kind of lonely at the top sometimes or lonely in leadership. And I get that. I think there's a lot of people who have built businesses and you get to a point in your business and you feel a little bit stagnant. You've reached the top. You've won the award. You've walked across the stage. You've done those things. Mm -hmm. And did you ever have that moment where you felt like, what's next? Because I know I've had kind of those conversations of like, Mm -hmm. okay, well now what? Yeah. So I've done that. Well, now what? And I love how you have pivoted and you still serve that amazing community, but you started another business. You know, you added one more thing into your already crazy busy schedule, but did that come from a feeling of like, I think there's more in me to give, or I feel like if I don't do this, I'll regret it. So I'm going to find a way to add this into my already busy schedule and start, you know, chic influencer and, and, and serve people outside of my community. And you've just done so much, but I wondered kind of where that burning feeling came from to take that leap again 
then while still doing so much? Yeah. Okay. So I am, I am such a creative, I'll see an idea and I'm like, I can make that be successful, you know? And so it came out of, I've done top in the industry four years in a row. I have this on autopilot. Like it is a well-oiled machine. And I was kind of the point where I was running my business for three to four hours a day. And it was just going, you know, I was mentoring my leaders, I was bringing new people in, you know? And so I really was like, I really would love to create. And that's really where Chic Influencer came from is I was like, I want to do this for other business owners. Like I want to be a trainer. I want to be a speaker. I want to travel around the world. I want to inspire other people. And so it really was not necessary. There was nothing, there's nothing wrong with, with Beachbody. I'm still very much doing that part of my business, but I am such a person that is like, I'm, I love to do more. And I'm always thinking of new ideas and new business ventures. And, and so that's really where, that's where she came from was number one. I just wanted to, I wanted to do it again. I wanted to kind of prove to myself, I could build another business. Um, I wanted to create another income stream. And I really like a goal of mine is like public speaking and hosting events and, you know, doing online courses and trainings. Like I love the mentorship training part of what I do so much. And so it really came out of, yeah, I I have more left. I have more left in me and I have this idea and I really want to go do it. And then a little bit of like, even when we launched Chic Influencer, I felt like it gave me life back into my, my beach body business because I kind of felt like I was like, okay, I'm just doing the same thing every day. So it did kind of like, it kind of brought some spice back into my life again too. So it was good. It was good. But I could never have added on another layer until I was completely on autopilot because that transition it may have looked seamless on the outside, but that was the hardest thing I've ever done is tried to manage two businesses at the same time. It took me two years to figure that out. Yeah. Well, I can relate. I'm someone who's not really good in, in autopilot or in that kind of stagnant feeling. I just, I get antsy. I feel like there's something that I need to do. And I, it's so inspiring to see you do that, but yes, from the outside, it looked so smooth and seamless and like there was not a bump in the road, but I'm sure that was scary There were many times you're like, what have we done? What have we bit off here? Can we do all of this? How did you navigate that while juggling two busy boys? They play a million sports like my kids do. Husband, beach body, all these things trying to have a life. It could Mm -hmm. not have been easy. Right. Well, I have a business partner, which that is awesome because she's like the whatever, yin to my yang, you know? And so she's very much like healthy boundaries. We don't bite off more than we can chew. Like we, we do this and we do it the right way, the healthy way. And I am the Enneagram three, like roar, we're going to burn ourselves out, crash and die. You know, that, that is me. And so I feel like she's taught me a lot in this process of saying no along the way, but I've gotten really, like we started that business. We started Chic Influencer and we hired people where in network marketing, we did it all. We were sales, we were customer service. We built the website, you know, like we do everything. And so I, we said, okay, if we're going to go into this, we're going to invest. So we invested, we hired, you know, staff right away. Um, we kind of learned from our, our previous sort of experiences. And then there were a lot at the beginning, we were working 70 hours a week, you know, like it was a lot because we were running full-time beach body. We were running full-time chic. We were building the whole like infrastructure of the business, but all along it was like, this is the goal. 
this is what we're working towards with Chic. This is what we're working towards with Beachbody. And so we, the things that we sort of navigated were, okay, we're like blowing each other's text messages up on, you know, Saturday and Sundays at six o'clock in the morning. We, this has to stop. So then we like set a boundary around when we were going to talk shop, right? So we started to create some space with our staff. We started to say like, these are business hours. We started to put in the calendar, like this is off limit time. Like this needs to be creative time. Um, Katie and I had really candid conversations about what was important to us, you know? And like, for me, it's, it's traveling and having that flexibility to travel. And for her, it's being present with her kids at their hockey games. And so when one of us puts time in the calendar off, we're like, fine, I'll pick up the slack. She'll pick up the slack. And so from all the years of, of Beachbody, it's really, it's taught us a lot about what we like, what we don't like. And we've really used that experience to, to kind of set healthy boundaries. So I don't have like when five o'clock hits my, there's no notifications that come across my phone unless I go into my app to check it out. I look in the email. We have a task manager that we all work from. So it really, I've set it up in a way that my personal life is here and my business is here. And that is, and I now am like trying to teach my Beachbody team to do the same because I was like, you can have freedom, you know, where I do think sometimes in network marketing, it's like, you feel like that need to be on 24 seven and you don't, you know, and, and one of my affirmations is I make money while I sleep and, and, you know, success comes effortless and easy and it doesn't have to be a hustle or stressful. And I've really found that I can have two really incredibly successful businesses if I'm willing to give up control, if I'm willing to set healthy boundaries. And then during my work day, I mean, I show up like a boss. I'm like, what needs to happen so that I can be mom at night? So those are just a few things that I feel like there's so much in there that I could share, but gosh, such a powerful experience. I think those are such great lessons because that is one of the biggest things that I talk with ladies about, you know, in this industry is, I feel like I'm on my phone all the time because we live in this instant gratification world with social media and you feel like, oh, well, if they message me, I have to respond right away. Or what if I miss that? And Mm -hmm. being confident enough and setting those boundaries of saying, you know what? I'll get back to them in the morning because this is my family time. So they feel like, and I know we've all felt that way. We felt like we are being pulled and not being the mom that I want to be or the wife that I want to be or the business owner that I want to be. And I'm failing everybody. And ah, those moments are real and we've all had them. But I think when, when we've had them, that skill of being able to say, well, okay, my boundaries are out of whack. I'm allowing things to slip a little bit beyond that four o'clock, beyond the five o'clock. I'm looking at that phone during the movie instead of putting it in my bedroom. What are some of those things that that you have learned, I guess, or how did you make that kind of a rock solid? Nope, I got it. I got to set these boundaries and I have to keep them. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So I'm like, oh, there's so many of them. I think the going way, way back what really was mom guilt? Like I, mom guilt is like real. Right. And so I was having a lot of that at the beginning. And so there was kind of two situations. The one was we were driving in the car and Landon was in his car seat. He was talking to me and I was like head in the phone. And Matt was like, do you even hear, do you have any clues? He's the like, same thing yeah. to me. Oh my gosh, Melanie. And we're having this, like, I'm, I'm having deja vu. Like the yeah. same thing happened. Seth was like, did, did you not hear her? She said mom five times. And yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't. I was in my head, in my phone, you know, or I would be sitting on the floor doing a puzzle, but I was working because I was like on my phone. So I wasn't really paying attention. And there was this guilt all the time around, like, I'm a work at home mom, you know, like, look at me, you can have the best of both worlds. And the reality is 
one thing is always going to be up. Like you can't keep both balls up in the air. Sometimes I'm an awesome mom and sometimes I'm an awesome business owner, but I'm not really awesome at both all the time. Right. So I do sometimes feel like there is that give and take. So for me, it was first recognizing I don't like the way this feels, but also it wasn't like I have to choose my family or my business. And I think sometimes people quit their business because they think they have to, it's either or, and you can have them both. It's just, you have to be disciplined at your boundaries. So you figure out what, what, on what end you're going to give. So for me, I knew what gave me comfort was waking up early And when the boys were little, I would like clean out my inbox. I would say first thing in the morning, all my Instagram messages, all my Facebook messages, all my emails, I'm going to do that my first, you know, hour of the morning or first half hour of the morning, because that instantly took my anxiety level down. Right. Cause I'm like, okay, everything's been handled. And then I would do like the post or whatever, my group stuff, things that needed to happen. And so then the kids would wake up and I would know, okay, two hours, three hours are going to go by and we're going to do errands. We're going to drop the kids off at school. And I would know like, if I, and I turned off the notifications, no Facebook, no Instagram, nothing. Do not let your phone ding because that is what draws us back in. Oh my gosh, what that person needs me to send him a link? Oh, that person needs me you know, to follow up. And so the minute I turned all of that off, that really took away a lot of the anxiety. And then I was like, don't open the app. It is not time to work the business. So I also began to discipline myself not to open it because I knew if I opened it, then it would make, I would need to respond. Right. Um, dinner time is like, I put my phone on the charger in the other room. There is no phones at our table. None of us bring them. That is just, even when we go out to eat, um, we very rarely let our kids even bring a device to the restaurant and we don't do it either. So we've really like created these spaces, um, for our family as a whole, if it's date night, phone goes in the other room. I may snap a picture. I may do a story, but I save it and I post it later. Like I don't do it like in the moment. Other things are, you know, disciplining yourself when it is your business time to do your business. If you get two hours while your kids are at school during the day, don't go grocery shopping. Don't organize your pantry. Don't do the laundry. You can do that stuff with your kids, like sit down and crush out the work you need to do during that time so that you can be fully present with your kids. So it really is like, for me, it was self-discipline, knowing what my triggers were. A a notification is going to throw me off. A ding is going to throw me off. So I'm going to put it on silent, right? It's just those. So what are the things, and I would ask all of you, like, what are the things that are causing you to get off track? And then also, fixing those, but then saying like, what are the stories I'm telling myself? I can't be successful unless I work 24 seven. That's a lie, right? That's a lie. Go find, find proof of people that are doing it. That's your truth that you can still be successful. If I don't respond to this customer right now, they're not going to order. That's a lie. Well, maybe they may not order, but if they're the kind of person that expects you to respond right away, immediately, they're probably not your people, right? Like, I don't want to be an on-demand business owner. So I just really reminded myself, like, okay, that wasn't supposed to be my customer. They couldn't wait. Fine. I'll catch them on the flippity flip, you know? So I just really, again, a lot of, like, talking it out to yourself and creating that structure in your life. And you gave yourself permission to put your priorities in order, right? You gave yourself permission to say, you know what, if that customer, if it doesn't work out, if they needed someone to respond in seven seconds, 
then that probably would not be a good relationship for you long-term, right? Because that's going to be a person that you're not going to be able to please because it just isn't realistic. Giving yourself permission to say, you know what, but I'm going to keep showing up because the right people are going to wait for me until tomorrow because they care enough about my story and feel mm -hmm. like I can help them, not just anyone. Right. You know, and two, it's not like I go days without responding to people. I kind of do morning, afternoon, evening. And so I kind of go, okay, if I've checked in three times throughout the day, everybody's taken care of, or even 12 hours, I kind of give myself that 12 hour rule. So give yourself, even in your responses, um, I started to even tell my team, like, I, I'll get back to you tonight, you know, or I'll get back to you in the morning. Uh, you know, I will be out on a date with my husband or, you know, so I set those boundaries of when I'm going to respond. You can expect to hear back from me in the next, you know, 12 hours. And what happens is your team goes and finds the answers. If you're not there, they don't expect you to be an on-demand upline. So you, again, those boundaries, they are established by the way you show up in the process. Oh, I love that so much. You and I are very, you know, Enneagram three, that is our personality. We relate to each other and that so much, but I also love you do something that I am not good at, but you inspire me to be better at it. My friend is I see you using a planner so much more being mm-hmm. very organized and really being intentional. I think you do it on Sunday nights, but you really sit down and map out. What does that week look like? I'm a real fly by the seat of my pants gal, but I know in really working on my own personal development that I can be more intentional with my family. I'm not thinking about all those things that didn't get done. I can really work hard and laser focused in the hours that I do have to get way more done. Right. Um, But I, I love that you have implemented those practices. What does that look like? And what tips would you give people to really start implementing some of those in their own life to see those kind of results too? Yeah. Okay. So I have two, I I have, we've created our own planner, which is awesome. So we have have it's fabulous. Yes. The make chic happen. It's the 52 week social media game plan. So that, and then we have our own time blocker that we we're going to bind, we're going to bind this and actually sell it eventually. But for right now, I just kind of created, we created our own little resource, but I sit down on Sundays and just depending on the day, it might be morning, might be night. And I go through the previous week. So the first step of the process is business goals. Did I hit my sales goals, my recruitment goals, whatever I was working on for the week. And I do a reflection. Did I hit it? Yes or no. Why? Yes or no? Like what, what was the actual reason that I hit it or didn't hit the goal? Then from there, like I'm in my make she cap and planner, I go through my Instagram and my Facebook and I look at my analytics. And so one of the things we created in there was, has your followers grown up or down? What's your most engaging piece of content? What have you gotten the most likes and, and say or shares and saves on? What is your highest story views for the week? And so we do both of those for Facebook and Instagram. And then we go, okay, like why did my content do well? Well, it's because I talked about this particular topic, right? If it failed, why? Well, because I didn't have a good enough tagline or, you know, I think my picture kind of threw people off. And so we sort of analyze why it worked and why it didn't work. And then from there, we look at next week and we say, so what's my goals for the week ahead? Okay, well, I need to get this many customers enrolled or we've got a new product launch, so I need to be promoting that. And so we write those goals at the top. And then on Sundays, I look and say, okay, so what content am I gonna post? Okay, if I need to sell that product, 
I'm going to do a sneak peek preview in my stories. I'm going to go live on Monday. I'm going to make a reel about, you know, the new pieces that are out. I'm going to do sort of like a cute little try on session and that's going to be a reel. And so I'll actually sit down and kind of plan out just the high level of what I'm going to do. And so once I sort of have that figured out, I go over to my time, my time blocker. And so this is where I just say, and everything is in one place, my family and my business and both of my businesses all on one time blocker. And so I'll go through and I'll plug in meetings, calls, kids, practices, and then I'll go through and say, okay, on Monday, I need to send out those emails for that new product, right? I need to go live and upload that and put that on IGTV. And I'll actually use like my time blocker as my to-do list. So I've got my content, I've got my time blocker, and I'm really paying attention to, again, what am I prioritizing? Is it, I know I need to hit a business goal. So am I making sure that those things are going first in the day? Am I leaving time for my team to answer team messages? I write that in there. And so I do it all in pencil because people cancel, things change, things come up along the way, and I can just erase and move things around. But I can then really like make the space for, I'm going to create the reel on Tuesday afternoon from one to three. So I just kind of pigeonhole myself into it. Or if it's going to be a really busy week, I'll sit on there on Sunday and I'll batch my content. I'll make, I'll change my outfit four or five times, take four or five different pictures, a couple of different reels. And then I've kind of got stuff ready to go. So then it doesn't always have to be Sunday, but if you don't plan, you basically, I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure. It just having a wing it business, it doesn't always work unless you're like Lindsay and obviously you can wing it. Like you seem, you figured out, although I feel like you would be much less I don't know if you're stressed, but you might, maybe it would just go more seamless, right? I do. I think that, you know, that, that piece of my personality that is very wing it. Yes. It gets you to a certain place, but I do think when you are wanting to add in more things into only the 24 hours that we have, you, I've realized within the last year of adding new elements to my business and new categories to my brand of like, well, we got to find some time in there. So I have to be, have better uses of what I have. So mm-hmm. it really has been an eye opener for me of like, oh, well, that's just, you know, I'm a procrastinator. I fly by the seat of my pants. Well, those were the yeah. lies I was telling myself, right? That was the yeah. excuse I was making for why I didn't plan. But yeah. I can see that if you, I see so many folks feeling like I work all the time, I'm doing all the things and it's just not working. Yeah. When I think if you really planned and you looked at it, you would see, well, you didn't, you really scrolled somebody else's Instagram all yeah. day instead of creating your own. You are really doing the things that you think you are, but if Mm -hmm. it's in black and white, create that reel and you budgeted that time for it. And looking at those analytics, I think the majority of people aren't looking at it. They're like, Mm -hmm. I post every day and nothing's working. Well, maybe we need to tweak that because we're not looking at those analytics of what worked, what didn't work. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, right? Right. Insanity. How do we get, how do we get where we want to be? We have to be more analytical about things and looking at that. I think is so powerful in your planner of like, Ooh, I've never really gone back before that. I'd never really been that analytical about it. I was like, I don't know. I just post what I want to post. Yeah. But looking at the numbers is really powerful. Mm-hmm. It does. It really, and, and even just with the time blocker, I will go through and I'll check it off. Did I do it? Nope, I did it. And I'll just move things throughout the day. And so now I can look back at an entire day and I can see clearly where I wasted time, where I went over, where I was not intentional. And so I, you can course correct 
in the moment. So now you're course correcting on an hourly basis, on a daily basis, instead of looking back over seven days and being like, where did those seven days go? You know, I didn't do anything that really moved the needle forward in my business. So, you know, knowing your stats, knowing what people are interacting with, and also knowing what people are not interacting with. Sometimes we think our content's great, but it's not getting us new customers. And so it's not that we have business goals and social media goals. It's like our, our social media supports our business goals. And we have to really look at it in that way that this is a tool. Social media is a tool for us to achieve the lives that we want to create. All right, friend, before I let you go, get you back to your family tonight. I'm so grateful for your time and I want to be respectful of that. Uh, What nugget would you give somebody that is just sort of in that early building stages? You and I can remember that so well of what that felt like. You feel like you're spinning your wheels a lot. Maybe what's that piece of encouragement that you would give somebody to just keep going, right? Just get back up that next time to, to be able to see that because that that's what hurts my heart is to see women give up on themselves, lack the confidence or the consistency to see the life that they deserve. And I know that that's something you feel passionate about too. I do. I do. You know, again, like I told, said earlier in the podcast is it's going to be hard. You are going to fall on your face. You are going to get people that slam that door in your face. You're going to get really nasty messages. And that should not make your blood pressure go up in any way, shape or form. I tell you that because I want you to know that that is real. Like that is just life. It doesn't matter what business you do. You're just going to have people that aren't going to be your biggest cheerleaders in it whatsoever. But you know, envision the life that you do want. And this is a visualization activity that I tell my team to do is I say, here you are standing where you are today. Right. And you, if you just kind of put out your arm and just on the other side of your like outstretched fingertips is the life that you want. What is that life? And so for me, and to use myself as that example, that life was, I do not want to live paycheck to paycheck. I do not want to argue about money every single week. I do not want to not be able to go to the beach with my kids because we can't afford it. Or I like, we're busting out of the seams of this townhouse. I just want a swing set in a backyard for my kids to play in. And so I would visualize the swing set, the yard, the family vacation, the like not having the debt that we wanted, And I would stand there and I would visualize and know that I had an opportunity right in front of me that could make that happen. And all I needed to do was have courage. And I had an option. I could stand here in fear, but there was going to be a consequence. And I was like, okay, girls, I want you to envision looking at your kids and saying, you know what? I'm so sorry, sweetie. We we can't take that family vacation because I was too afraid to send those invites. And so I didn't make the money to pay for the trip. Or you know what, Landon? you're going to have to pay for your whole college because I kept hitting snooze instead of waking up and taking advantage of a business opportunity that can, could have created financial freedom for all of us. And so when you kind of like visualize having to stand in front of your family and saying that, knowing that your goals are just right there and you can have it, it jolts you into, I've got a choice. I could be fearful or I can just face the fear. And so you're just going to have to keep facing the fear. You're just going to have to face the self-limiting beliefs. You're just going to have to walk through it. And you're not alone. There is tons of women right within Lindsay's team and out there on social that we're cheering for you. And we know it's hard, but it is so incredibly worth it. And 
I think the legacy you leave that you don't even realize, like now my kids know nothing else other than what I do. And so they have a work ethic, they have a mindset, they see what I'm doing and that creates a ripple. So sometimes we have to take ourselves out of it and think about what it's doing for others and stick with it for the long haul because it's so worth it. I love that you mentioned your boys because I saw that they were getting up with you now working in the mornings and working out with you in the mornings and that they were like, hey, mom, like you got to get up. It's time to get up. And I think that's, you know, during the pandemic, my kids were with me and they helped me ship orders. And to see, you know, when we were in lockdown, to see that the work ethic of your parents Mm -hmm. and being able to model that for them has been such an incredible gift that I would not have been able to give them had I had given up on myself, if I didn't stick it out when it was really hard. And I love that you're leading that example uh, for your children as well. And it's, it's a good reminder to all of us to, uh, to keep showing up. So I thank you for that friend. Before I let you go, knowing what you know now about entrepreneurship and your own confidence uh, in the last 10 years, I know looking back, I can't, I, I'm such a different person than I was 10 years ago. And I'm so grateful for all that I've learned and all that I've grown. What would you tell your 16 year old self that you wish you had known at 16 that, you know, now in your gut to be true. Hmm. Uh, that you are enough just as you are, right? Like you don't have to prove anything to ever anybody. You don't need to say yes to, things that aren't authentic to who you really are. Like there are people out there that will love you for who you are, that will be in your, in your corner. You know, I think I spent a lot of my life trying to make everybody else happy instead of just saying, what do I want? Who do I want to be? And so, you know, I think it really is like, you're enough, you're enough exactly as you are. You have unique gifts and your gifts are, are going to, you know, inspire the lives of so many people. So just stand in your power and stand in your truth. Oh, friend, I am so incredibly grateful for you, for your time, for your nuggets. I know folks are going to learn so much from this hour that we had together. I know they're going to want to learn more. So where can people follow you? What's the best way to connect with you on social? You are active and do such a great job there. And I don't want anybody to miss out as well as your podcast and Chic Influencer. Well, thanks. Okay. So come hang out with me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. So it's just at Melanie Mitro. And you can check me out at melaniemetro.com is my website. And then in Chic Influencer is it's C-H-I-C influencer.com. We've got an Instagram, we've got a Facebook and we do all kinds of great like community memberships and coaching. And we have a podcast as well. So it's really, if you're looking for, for business advice and business coaching, that's definitely the place to come hang out and learn everything that has helped me to build the business I have today. Well, they definitely need to follow because I know I do. And I'm so grateful for your posts each day. I've learned so much and I'm grateful to have you in my life, friend. You are a great example of what is possible to build a life that is balancing as best we can motherhood and entrepreneurship and really chasing our dreams. So thank you for your time. Friends, if you enjoyed this episode, nuggets that you took away Take a screenshot, share this on social, tag us. We would love to see your takeaways from this episode and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next Love Lindsay podcast. Thanks so much, friends, and have a great day.